You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. You're going to love this interview. I know I say that every time, but it's true. So today's episode is all about Elizabeth in California and her first furnished rental which she is doing as a midterm rental, which if you don't know what a midterm rental is and how it differs from a short-term rental, let me do a little bit of uh, teaching right now. So a short-term rental is typically anything less than 29 days, okay? It's usually a weekend. It's usually a few days, maybe a couple weeks, but it's technically classified as fewer than 29 days. A midterm rental is... 30 days or more. And typically it's 30 days, maybe three months, maybe up to six months. And then anything beyond that really is considered your traditional long-term rental. All right. So midterm rentals are a beautiful sweet spot that I've been talking about for years that is still not as well known, especially as short-term rentals. So it's more of a sleeper category of furnished rentals. It's definitely grown recently. And the reason why is because a midterm rental is basically your workaround to wanting a furnished rental in an area that maybe it's really highly regulated. So short-term rentals aren't actually allowed. The rules around short-term rentals are different in every city, okay? So one city, it might be that short-term rentals are only allowed if it's an owner-occupied property, or it might be that there are a thousand short-term rental permits only, or it might be that you can't have a another short-term rental property. There can't be another permit within 50 feet of your property. Like I said, the rules and regulations can look many different ways. The point is a lot of people, because of the tight regulations, the workaround is having a furnished rental, but requiring 30 night bookings, all right, or greater. So that is a workaround. Another reason why people like the midterm market better, reason being, I have found that I can compare, I can run a property as a short-term rental and as a midterm rental and short-term rentals typically have way more expenses. So I've got more cleaning expenses. I've got more wear and tear. I've just got more expenses on a short-term rental. If that same property is used as a midterm rental instead, there's a lot less wear and tear. Fewer groups coming in and out, right? So at the end of the day, They could be even or the midterm rental actually often outperforms. 
It really just depends on the market. Obviously, a beach market, short-term rentals are fantastic, right? Or a really cool destination property. Maybe it's secluded. Maybe it's on the lake, right? Those are clear short-term rentals. But if you've got like traveling nurses or traveling professionals, anything like that where people come in and hang out for a while for, you know, a month, two months, three months, or people are relocating a lot, nomads, right? People who are remote workers who can work from wherever they want to be and they want to escape the heat of Austin, Texas, like I am. And I'm in Santa Fe right now in my newly listed midterm rental. So it's a different kind of market. It's a different category of furnished rentals, and I love them. So now that we've differentiated between midterm rentals and short-term rentals, let's get into this conversation with Elizabeth. She's going to walk us through her first furnished rental flip. Let us know who you are and where you are, what you're up to, and any other little background information you want to. Okay. So my name is Elizabeth. I am in Modesto, California. And uh, what a little bit about me is I am a mother and I like to think of myself as a giver. And I learned a long time ago, back when I graduated college and I took my first job, that I will never, ever do something to earn money just to earn money. Mm. Is my first position. I went to school for fine art and graphic design and had an art history minor. Oh, cool. Yeah, my dream was to make and illustrate children's books. But even then, I was like, I know I'm not going to do this until after my kids, whatever kids I have, are grown and out of the house. I just didn't see that. So I was like, okay, how am I going to fill from here to there? Oh, gosh. It's a long time to fill. It is. It is. But I was like, you know what? I really enjoy art. I feel fulfilled with it and I want to make other people happy, but how am I going to make money? Because I know it's going to take me a long time as a fine artist to to figure that out. And um, I got my first job as a graphic designer. I was like, hey, I can put bread on the table for that. And I realized very quickly, I hate it. I hate it. Oh, working at the computer, you know, meeting those deadlines. And then I was like, I'm not impacting people. Mm. You know, and I felt that. And my roommate at the time was a recreational therapist and she'd come home with these filling, these, these, these stories of just how she touched her resident's heart every single day. And I was like, I want to do that. So I, I had moved from central Pennsylvania up to long Island was commuting into Manhattan. That's where we lived. And so within three and a half months of realizing, you know, I was crying every day into work, crying on the train on the way home. And it was like, it wasn't for me, but I had, I know I had to go through that Mm -hmm. to know that I didn't miss it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can move back home, got an assistant position as a rec therapist, loved it. I was like, okay, I'm soul searching. And I soul searched and said, okay, I don't want to do this as a career, but you know what I really like over here is fitness. It, it's it's embodying me. I like to be fit. And the retirement community I was working for was building this huge whole new fitness center, Olympic sized swimming pools, heating, you know, all the things. And they're going to be hiring all the stuff. So I went to the director of that department and I said, I want to be here. 
I said, what do I need to do to be here? So she told me and we had to negotiate with my boss and da, 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 for me to transfer. So anyway, worked my way up to be in charge of the fitness department there after uh, a couple of years and managed people there. And then was like, okay, I've grown here. I want to learn a different aspect. So I went to the private gym sector after that. And in the meantime, I had my first son. And I went back after having, I left this wonderful nurturing environment where residents were crocheting me blind. I mean, it was, it was the most fulfilling. I mean, gosh, you walked away every day feeling you've touched somebody's life. And, and, and they don't, I don't know if they realized how much I got from them as well. That's what I learned that age is a mindset. I was like, it's all in your mind to see these. 80-year-olds pretending to run on the pool deck and cannonball into the deep end. And I'm like, oh, God, life's running on. Oh, no, no running on the pool deck. You know, and they're like, oh, I mean, it was just... and then people in wheelchairs that couldn't do hardly anything to themselves still coming out when I was in activities going. And I'm like, I remember asking this one lady, I was like, how do you do it? She goes, what else am I going to do? Why be miserable on my last time on earth? I might as well enjoy what I have. And this is why I like coming out and doing things with you. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, wow. Her name was Sylvia. And I still remember her all these years, 23, five years later. I'm like, it was my, my aha on being a mindset. So then through that, I went through the private gym sector and managed that for a while. Had baby one, baby two, I decided I'm stepping back because I, I like to give my all to what I'm doing and I didn't want to feel split between my children. And so we made that change and I became a stay at home mom for like the next 12 years. And that it was wonderful. I mean, wonderful. I could give to my kids. I was, you know, I'm still volunteering. I'm sorry. I'm doing everything I was before plus now <laughs> raising my babies. You know, I ended up, we ended up having three being there for them in their schools, doing, you know, being involved in their activities, doing Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, all the stuff, right? Yeah. All the things. And then um, pandemic came. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we're in the gym business and those got shut down with California opening and then closing. And then we open, and we close. That's not it, a lot of, I don't know. A lot of people don't realize how much is involved with even shutting down a business, you think, oh, you just shut the doors. Oh, no. From, from one that is 24 hours, seven days a week to then figuring, how am I going to close this? Right. Establishing procedures and then reopening and financial commitment that is involved in that. So it became, uh, you know, scary because it opened and closed. And then we we're like, is it going to open again? I don't know. Is the governor going to let this happen? So we're sitting here I'm doing like this. Things are going on longer and longer. And I'm going, oh my gosh. I was like, you know what? I felt like I needed to do something. I was like, I've had such a privilege and, and a gift from my husband. He he was always so supportive. And he's like, always believe what I was doing at home was absolutely essential. It let him do what he needed to do. He goes, we're raising good children and we're a team, you know, whatever. So I was like, I need to do something because when we go back, Things are going to open, but I'm not sure what it's going to look like. And I don't want to say no to my kids. You can't do this because we don't pay for it. So that was my ultimate motivation. My friend um, owned a cleaning business. Oh, okay. I reached out to her and said, hey, 
you know, you've said a few times that, you know, you, you don't know who you want to hire, you know, bring other people into other people's homes and trust them because she really took that vulnerability people was opening their homes and letting you in. She took that very seriously. And she like, so I reached out and said, Hey, you need some help. I'm here. And quickly after that, you know, a few months later, she, she said, Hey, we're moving to Oklahoma. And I was like, what? Oh, good grief. <laughs> yeah. But she said, uh, through soul searching and prayer, she said, would you like to take over this? Cause she's like, I'm struggling. And I don't want to just hand it over to some bigger company. They're just going to raise their rates and they're not going to really care about these individuals. So we worked it out and I took over the cleaning business when she left. And so I said, okay, this, this will allow me to say yes to my kids, no matter what I was like, in my, you know, whatever happens. And so things reopen, you know, things going back on, but I was like, you know what? Also through all this, you know, like a year later, half a year later or so I realized I was like, you know what? what do I really want to do? Mm. If I was going to go back, I was like, I could expand this, this business and make it multiple. I was like, within a year we could have, I could have hired help. You know, I mean, everybody kept their cleaner during the pandemic. I didn't know anybody that, that canceled their cleaner. Right. Yep. Yeah. I'm wearing masks and gloves going to people's homes and we still worked it out. So I then said, huh, the whole typical thing, HGTV, you're looking at, I always for years <laughs> buying my own house years ago, whatever. I would still check in probably weekly, Redfin, Zillow. Oh, what's for sale around here? <laughs> because we're crazy <laughs> and we are obsessed with houses. Yes. Yes. So I then was like perusing podcasts and I saw your little logo and I was like, huh? What happened? Girl, what's this? Boop. And I was like, I mean, I was sold after the first one, but I listened to a few more, few more episodes. And I I remember coming home and being like to my husband, do you know, have you ever heard about hard money? And he's like, what? I was like, we could do this. I was like that. When I heard that episode about, and you talked about hard money, my mind was blown. I stopped and rewound it. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Did I hear this again? What is this wacky business she's talking about? Yes. So, um, I then was like, okay, did the interest call and yeah, talked it out a little bit and, uh, yeah, there I am. I joined. (laughs) I love it. And, oh, wait, so I wanted to ask, I'm just curious, you were in the Northeast. What took you to California? The gym business? The gym business. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, it, it moved, uh, the people we work with moved from, they moved their business location from the East Coast to the West. Okay. So let's talk about your first project. Okay. So you just, you just recently within the last few weeks listed your first midterm rental, right? Your first furnished rental. Yes. Yes. This is my very, 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 very first thing. So I, my long-term goal was to, you know, flip a few houses, but also attain some properties for holding for long-term purposes. And, you know, I'm thinking online retirement and the, the helping out with that. So I'd been walking, uh, 
let's see, well, you start with the team. And then I started walking uh, properties with my realtor and um, construction um, gentleman who would help give me ideas and hone in if I'm off or on with estimations. And we, all three of us, so my construction and my realtor and I, um, I found this on the MLS. Okay. And I said, Hey, let's go check this out. And I just had this like feeling. I'm like, there's a little condo. It's a two bedroom, one bath condo. And I remember walking into the courtyard of where it is. It's one of like three condo complexes and they're, they're each kind of separate a, a little properties a little bit. And mine of course is in the cutest com- condominium. It's got like, of course, brick, you know, exposed brick in the black ride on iron fences. And it's, uh, I'd say it's a half a mile barely from a hospital. That's one of the two big hospitals in, in my city. Nice. And so I walked in the courtyard and I just had this, it just came over me like feeling it just like started from my head and just dressed itself all the way down my toes. And I stopped and I looked at the courtyard and I went, this is so cute and peaceful and quiet. And then I thought I would live here. That was my thought. And I thought, whoa, I heard that. And I went, yeah, if I was a single, my goal is to, to, to go towards medical profession. If I was a single nurse or female doctor, I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. And um, um, walked inside and we toured it. And my contractor was like, you don't need to do anything to this place. I'm like, oh, no. What, what he meant really was, as we talked about it, was uh it, 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 it definitely, I could have just taken it and just painted everything and just had someone move into it. Right. And, and I would have rented it for market value and it would have paid for itself. Broken even, honestly, it, it's in that, that kind of condition. But I was like, no, I want to do this to the traveling professional. And the price point for that is going to demand a little bit nicer because if I was coming in here and, and paying for this, you know, I'd want it to be a nice way. Yeah. So we're standing there talking about it and my real estate agent and we're talking numbers and, and like, you know, worst case scenario, if, if it's doesn't rent as a furnished place, what I could do with it. And she's like, this would work. And I was like, you really think so? <laughs> and, um, you know, I'd already kind of run some numbers, but I'll be honest, the rental side, I'm a little more, I wasn't so sure at that point, really. And I, I, I didn't quite understand everything and I'm still learning, Yeah. but I'm like in my gut, I was like, Oh heck no, this is going to work. And I just knew it. I'm like, even at the worst case with the HOA fees, it's going to work. Yeah. And so I said, okay, let's do it. So were you open to when you were out looking, were you open to either one that came up? Like, were you open to a flip or a rental or were you just looking for a rental at this point or what, what was your process? Kind of whatever. Well, I I wanted a flip, Mm -hmm. honestly. And in the ideal world, I was, I wanted to do a flip so then I could use the funds from that to fund purchasing a rental. But in the back of my mind, I also knew I have funds to do one rental purchase. And then after that, what either that or 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 do you know fund a rehab up to a certain degree for a flip. So I had 
preserve. And so at that point I said, okay, this opportunity is presenting itself. I haven't found a flip that's appropriate yet, but this rental will work. And um, so we did, I went home and I said, honey, this is it. He's like, go for it. You know, he was all very supportive. I and um, so we put an offer and that the house already had an offer or that condo already had an offer, but it ended up being that my real estate agent, the person who had the office uh, in her office, uh, her, it was a friend real estate agent in there. So they work in the same uh, brokerage and uh, they talked and she said, listen, I know him. And she goes, if you just come in even just a tiny bit higher, he's going to probably choose you. And, and plus I was doing a hard money loan. That's what I figured I was going to do. Right. And then refinance or something. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm talking to my hard money uh, lender through all this and, and the, he's assuring me. Right. And so we put in the offer. And so we're up to the point of uh, proving funds, I guess. And we get more nitpicky with the, the hard money guy and terms. He was telling me, I was like, cool, I can do this It's a little higher than normal, but you know, it's cool. Be easy. I, I can still do this. And then um, he sent it to his underwriter and underwriter basically <laughs> like guy, he sent me a screenshot because this is what the underwriter said. I'm like, and I went, what? Like I got mad. I was like, no, I was like, this is no, it, the interest rate went way up oh, there. No. The, I guess I was still learning about arm yeah. and, and all these things. And I was like, I can't even, if I find a better deal, the interest rate, I can't do prepayment. I can't do prepayments. I'll have penalties. And I was like, my, I was just mad. And I was like, no, I can do better. Yeah. So I made a call to a friend. This was a, what day this was like a Friday and we were all going away to Girl Scout camp that weekend. <laughs> but I was like, I don't have time to talk to her about this. She's busy doing her thing. I'm busy doing my thing. So come like it, Monday and then Tuesday passes. And I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. So we ended up connecting Tuesday and I said, this is a situation. Um, you know, I, I'm paying skyrocket interest and in being locked into something that I just don't feel comfortable. And if I drop out of this, I'm going to lose my earnest money and which, okay, fine. I'm going to lose it. But anyway, she said, yeah, we can make this happen. I said, really? And this was going conventional. And I said, are you sure? Because this is my time frame. I'm, I'm signed up. I'm under contract and I got to show proof of funds. And, and this has got to be done in 21 days. And she's like, yep. She goes, I've closed sooner than that. I was like, as a conventional, she goes, yes, as long as everything's good. And so we went through that process, but the whole time, because showing proof of income and because my husband's an independent contractor, you know, every time I had communication, it was more stuff I have to show proof of. And my stomach is just turning and in huge knots. And, and I had some freak out moments where I'd be like panicking like, like seriously, like, like a panic attack, like this isn't going to work. Oh my gosh. Like, I know we can afford it, but oh my gosh. And, and I had to, at one point I remember stopping and I was sitting on my fireplace hearth and I said, breathe. So I'm going through my papers and I was like, breathe. I was like, and I said, I was like, channel Debbie. <laughs> 
I said, what would Debbie do? <laughs> and I said, she'd say, this is the problem. You're uh-huh. going to come up with a solution. Uh-huh. And what steps do you need to get to that solution? I love it. And, I said, and, and she said, don't make a decision mm-hmm. when you're so freaking out, basically. Yes. So I stopped. You listen. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped and I breathed for like a minute or two. Uh-huh. And I said, okay. Now listen to your body. Okay, your stomach is calmer. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're not having this tightness in your chest anymore. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're now gonna find this paperwork that you need and you're gonna fax it over. It's- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> and everything's okay. It all worked out. So we- so did you borrow money, uh, enough money for the purchase and then you used your own cash for the renovations or how, what did you do? I did just the purchase. Okay. So how much did you end up putting into updating the property? Cause I would imagine you didn't like <laughs> renovate. Did you, you more updated or okay. <laughs> so Uh-oh. I, I'd say it's an update, but there are some lessons learned in that and definitely cost more than what it should have. Okay. Let's talk about those. Let's talk about the lessons. (laughs) So I entered this project as a kind of grateful. I was like, okay, it's kind of smaller and I know it's still going to cost money, but it's also a test. This is me testing my team. It's me testing myself. How are we going to work this out? And I knew, I was like, I'm going to learn things on here, what I like, what I don't like to do. And do the people that I'm connected with, are they going to do what I think they're going to do? Mm. Yes. You know? Yep. So, so um, through that, I figured I was like, ultimately, I allowed myself two months to do this project to get it renovated and furnished. Okay. But. Secretly, I was pushing for 30 days. Okay. When did you close on the purchase? So it got recorded on the 25th of October. And what did you pay for it? I forgot to ask. It was 221000 Okay. About. Okay. okay. And I put it. Go ahead. Go for it. Down payment of 55 Okay. And... Okay. So you go into it, you have a, a silent goal of 30 days and a, a spoken goal of 60 days. How did all yeah. that go? Oh, and what was your budget going into it? Were you thinking? I was figuring about 10,000 to furnish and supply everything uh-huh. for a full furnished place. Okay. And I was thinking between 10 and 12,000 for renovation costs for what I wanted to do to it. Okay. Um, do you want me to tell you what it ended up being? Yes, because you now? you kind of um, led with with that with your laughter. So I'm curious what, <laughs> what actually okay. happened. Okay, so so uh, with some of the laboring oopses, that brought me up to uh, twenty seven thousand six hundred roughly. Okay, so I went over about five five six thousand. Oh, for the toll for everything. It was 27. Yeah. Oh, for the furniture too. Yes. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad. No, but if I didn't have my labor oopses, uh-huh. I would have been right on target. Those were learning lessons. To me, I, I kicked my butt in that 
but um, I also was grateful for the learning experiences and knowing that something, I kind of walked in going, something's going to happen and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and so I was prepared and not really when something did happen, I really, my husband was like, are you upset? Are you? I was like, no, actually, I'm kind of like, it proved me right. I'm trusting my instincts and I'm just going to go with it. I can't cry over this right now because it's not going to do anything. So now I'm pivoting and turning and I quickly got it fixed, but it cost me money to do it. And I walked into this project thinking I was going to do some things that I wanted to paint. The, I wanted to paint the, the, the condo and I've done, I've done all my own houses before mm-hmm. and I wanted to tile the backsplashes in the kitchen and the bathroom. But, um, I was trying to take some paint off the bathroom tub. Um, they had painted just the exterior wall of it, not the inside tub, and I couldn't get it off. So I ended up calling the gentleman who had painted my exterior of my current home um, over. And I said, you know, do you refinish tubs? And it quickly went from refinishing tubs to painting my cabinets, to painting that whole gosh darn condo. I said, because he gave me such a good price for the tub. I quickly realized then too, I was like, this is going to save me so much time. And what's more important, you were right there in my ear, right here, like, like buzzing real loud. What is more important to me? I was like, I'm doing this because I want time freedom and, and spending this extra money, which I did not budget for that. Okay. I was like, no, this is good. I've, I've just learned a lesson. Okay. This is an, I learned a lesson. Now I know for next time when it came right down to it, I didn't want to do that. So I'm hiring. Isn't that an awesome awareness to have though, right? And if you did want to do it, awesome. And you did it great, but you realize actually, I don't really want to, (laughs) and I kind of just want to hire it and get it done and be done with it. And that's okay. Yes. Yes. And I realized too, because doing the house colors and all that, um, I have a friend who helped me, a designer, um, when I was refinishing my kitchen, uh, she helped me. I came in with a big, broad idea and she helped me narrow it down. So I called her right at the bat. I said, when can you come over? I need you to pick house colors. And I, I, I used words, you know, cause I had thought about what I tell her is going to, she doesn't feel and, and think like the way I do. Right. But I need to tell her words so I can get the results I want out. So I was very particular in the words that I used and describing how I want the place to feel. And so within that consult, she whipped out some colors. I was like, oh, you don't think that's too dark? She's like, no, yeah, all this kind of stuff. I said, okay, you know what? I'm trusting you. Yeah. I'm trusting you. You just tell me what colors, what sheens. And that helped tremendously because for me to choose colors and tile in my own kitchen took me weeks. I'm loving how much I'm hearing you leaning on other people and what they are good at. Yes. That's impressive because a lot of people, I don't, I don't want to make that phone call. I don't want to do that. I don't want, no, make the phone calls They're That's what they do. That's, they're really good at that. Like use, use your people. And, and I'll, I'll be honest. I still struggle with that. Calling her was easy because I've dealt with her before. Yeah. Calling my painter was easy because I've dealt with him before. My contractor starting out with him was pretty easy because I knew him through other volunteer organizations. That felt pretty easy. The first time I called a hard money lender, yeah. I was I was sweating under my armpits. <laughs> <laughs> like my house is cold and I'm shaking, right. but I'm sweating. Okay. <laughs> Cause I hadn't dealt with them before. And I'll be honest, the whole even right now, 
going forward and when I get my first flip, that's going to be a whole other ball game of stuff that I don't know. And I'm going to have to go through. And it's still scary. Like I am scared right now, but I'm prepping up. I've started doing a little bit more research. I was like, okay, I've, I've got this midterm thing. I still got to do some work on advertising it and getting this rolling, but it's doing great right now. But now I start shifting focus and get out there and do what you, you, you need to do this flip because you need to prove to yourself that you can do it follow through and try because there's a big thing here too i also learned to trust myself in this process being you know what you're doing i was like trust yourself but that's what it all comes down it all every single time it always comes back to it and that's a big thing you know because there's a lot there's a lot of voices in there that are like pushing out and, and yeah for sure and you're preparing for the worst when really it's probably not going to happen. And probably not. And if, and if it does, you're prepared, you can, you, you can pivot. Yeah. So, okay. So you got it all done, renovated, updated, furnished, listed it for rent. Did you get some bookings? Heck yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, fr- I, is that the most exciting thing ever when you get your first booking on a property? Um, it was exciting and absolutely terrifying and both and yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. And so I started jumping up and down. I started crying. And then I went, Ooh. I was like, I want to live in this. But I was like, oh my gosh, no. I called my husband. He said, when is it happening? I said, tomorrow. He said, tomorrow. I said, yes. He goes, that means we have to go over there tonight and finish. I said, yes. Because what happens as we were putting everything back together, you know, we had tested everything, but I was like, you know, I've never actually run the dishwasher through a whole cycle. Covered that the dishwasher was turning on and it sounded good, but it wasn't having water come in. So we had had a repair person out already. We were waiting for the part, but we left the dishwasher open. The cabinet doors were off, you know, things were just, and there were some other things. I was like, yeah, no one's ready yet. I got some time. Well, heck no, they're coming in tomorrow afternoon. And so, we went over after um, our scouting meetings and I was there from nine o'clock to like two o'clock in the morning because, you know, the last night I was like, it's time to be clean. I got yeah. Ran over. I was, like, I was like, my, my gel foam mattress topper thing didn't come in yet. And they're coming in the morning and I got to come over here. And then my, then the, the guests are asking, can they check in early? I was like, Oh no, wait. Yes. But no. <laughs> Cause I had a countertop, my countertop installer had to come back cause he had had a death in the family. And I said, take, take some weeks, you know, come back. But he just needed to finish drilling a hole for the soap dispenser in the countertop and install two tiles for me in the bathroom on the floor, the baseboard tiles. And I was like, eh, if it rents before that, we, we can totally do without that. But I already said yes to him to come in to finish that. And then this booking came in and I said, okay, well you can come, but just to be full, honest disclosure, the dishwasher. I just discovered and the part is in route, but we'll have to coordinate about that. And I have an installer that's going to be there till one 30. I was like, but more than welcome. If you want to come drop off bags, you know, his name is Vince. I'll be there, but I have to leave like, whatever. Anyway, it worked out. They came. I was actually there at the property when they showed up, I was able to give them a tour and they ended up being the sweetest friends ever. Nice. My first booking nurses from Texas. And the, the one who did the booking is she, they, they were both praising the, the condo and how it looked. And she said, 
she goes, oh, I just feel like we were meant for each other. And I was like, oh, you've just melted my heart. <laughs> because everything looks beautiful. And I said, you, well, and at that point I admitted, you are my first guest. So please let me know if anything's missing. I want to make it homey and cozy for you. And Debbie, I've been loving it. The community, I think they're, they're such good guests and the communication back and forth has been wonderful. Yeah. And I'm loving this hosting thing so far. I know. I, when I first started, that's how I would, I felt too. I was like, I'm surprisingly loving it. Like I didn't realize I would love it as much as I do. I love it. I love it so much. And what I found is the more transparent I am with people, there's like, people are very forgiving. They're like, they would rather know, look, here's what's happening. (laughs) I'm like, Stuff happens. It's a house. Stuff happens. Things things will break, but I'm fixing it, right? Like it, it they just want to know. They just want to be in the conversation. It's interesting because most people who walk in the door, I'll get a text immediately saying, "Oh my gosh. Like we've gone into lots of furnished rentals and they're never like what they seem in the pictures." this place is even better. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what we want, right? Like, because there is a lot of stuff out there where you walk in and you're like, this isn't at all what it was like on the online. Like, and then to think that you're stuck in that for a month or two months or three months, like that's terrifying. So I get that people want to be like, "Mm, is it really like that? (laughs) Is it really like what you're saying? Yes. But yeah, transparency and like just being honest. Uh, yeah. Like that's all you can do. It's all you can do. No, it's so true. And that's what I was trying to be. Cause I was like, I can't hide this. I mean, they're going to get there. They're going to know about it anyway. So why not stay right away? Right. Don't make it weird. I'm glad you love it. Yes. It's awesome. I want to do it again. And I like, I want to do both. I want to get another, um, I said, honey, the next one I want to get is somewhere where we want a vacation. <laughs> That's what I do. Yes. Those, those are awesome. Yeah. Like now where do we want a vacation? Right. But exactly. If you had to name two of your biggest lessons learned on this project, what would you say they were? Trust yourself. Trust and believe in yourself. Mm, Big. But verify. Trust, but verify. And uh, yes, because I didn't verify one little detail and it cost me. That's good. That's good. Trust, but verify. Nice. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a giver. Thanks for being in our community and being an awesome flip sister. We appreciate you. I love it. I love every second of it. And I say, got to get my Debbie dose, my weekly Debbie dose. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'll let you go. I know. I know I'm overdue. All right. I would sit here and talk to you forever, but I know we got to go. Same. I know we got to go live. I'll see you in the group. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you again, Elizabeth, for sharing your story with us. You did it. You freaking did it. Now, Listeners, if you aren't doing it and you want to be doing it, that is exactly what we do. Whether you want to flip to sell or flip to rent or both, that's exactly what we do. We teach you how to do that. We teach you all the steps. 
we walk you through all the steps. We hold your hand while you do all the steps and we support the heck out of you in our community. Number one community by far, number one program doing what we do. So if you are still sitting on the fence and you don't want to be sitting on the fence anymore, but you're scared, that's totally normal. Go to herfirstflip.com and book a call with our team. All right, let's see how we can work together. All right, until next time, go out there, flip houses like a girl, leave people and places better than you find them and make it a great day. Bye, y'all.